All right, so we're still in the sermon series called God's Will for Your Life. Wouldn't you like to know what God's will is for your life? We need to understand what divine guidance is. And so we chose the key verse of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the second half of that verse. It says, you will, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It just makes me think of people who come to me and they say, I just don't know what God wants me to do. And I'm in so much pain. And I, all I can say is, I know you're not in God's will then. Because God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. He has a good plan for His children. So we need to understand His will. This week, we are going to look at God's will, or God wills righteousness. God wills righteousness for people to have a good relationship with Him. Next week, following... um, Fellowship, we're going to have an a, a annual church meeting. But before all of that, we'll have a normal worship service, and we're going to see that God wills salvation for the entire world. We'll look at John 3.16, and we'll look at what it really means to, to have a living hope through salvation. And then the following week is Thanksgiving Sunday already. It's coming up quick, isn't it? And we will look at how God wills thankfulness in each one of us. And then the following week is Advent season. Advent season is the beginning of Christmas. November 28th, Advent season. The the day that we're having a lot of changes here at Dunphy. And we're going to have an Advent wreath. The Christmas decorations are going to be out And we're going to be preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ. But for today, um, there's a summary in your handout if you grabbed one of those. But holiness is God's majestic presence within a place or upon a thing or within the fullness of a person. When holiness is present, righteousness reigns. There's a spiritual growth process described in the Bible and expounded upon by our Christian forefathers to help us realize how God wills righteousness for each one of us. That's what we're going to look at today. And so we're going to get into some theological terms. In Sunday school class this morning, Doug introduced to us the difference between studying religion and studying theology. These words that I'm going to share with you are theological. They come from the Word of God. These words are like righteousness, regeneration, justification, sanctification, and perfection. And I want you to think, as I explain what these words mean and how they are affecting our lives, I want you to think about your own life and your testimony. We all have one. What examples of brokenness in your life have you discovered? 
And how has our holy God taken that brokenness in your life to bring about righteousness? That's your testimony. And I'm going to open up the mic toward the end of the message because a couple of you, I know the Holy Spirit, is going to work on your heart and you're going to want to share. So be thinking about that as we discuss these things. In the kingdom of God, there is an eternal document, the eternal word of God that outlines God's will for your life. That eternal document is called the Bible, the Holy Bible. God wills righteousness for each one of us. Our key uh, text this morning comes from 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. It's on page 1837 in the Pew Bible, if you're looking at that. And I'm going to read to you 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and we urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of our Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Some versions will say it is God's will that you be righteous. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. In this text, verses 3 and 4 tell us that we must avoid sin and we must control our body. You know, in the first century, when this was written to the people, it was written to at that time, not that it doesn't apply to us now, but at that time, the moral standards in this area were very, very low. From what we are experiencing now, in the 21st century, this first quarter of the 21st century, society's Moral standards are getting lower and lower again. God is speaking to us in these verses. For the Christian, our body is a, a vessel where the Holy Spirit resides. Since the believer's body is a temple of God, we should glorify God with a holy temple. We should be righteous. So we're going to be looking at these theological words. And we will discuss this morning to help understand what righteousness is. Because it really comes through a spiritual growth process. It can happen immediately and then it can also be a growth process. The Bible expounds on it. But today, I do not think anyone here, want, well, maybe a couple, 
want to spend some time arguing (laughs) against any particular theology as expressed by Calvin or Armenian or Wesley. So let's just keep it at a level where we can all understand and comprehend through the presence of the grace of God's Holy Spirit teaching our own souls this morning. We will start with righteousness. But I also want to introduce to you our holy God. Holy. What is that? A deity. Godly. Something that God sets aside as pure without blemish or any connection to evil. In other words, righteous. Full of the glory of God. God's majestic presence in a place. We can have a holy place. Or upon a thing, we can have holy things. God's majestic presence within the fullness of a person. A holy person. So righteousness. God is holy and He acts in righteousness always. Forever. He always has and always will. That is, He always has a right relationship with people. And His action is to maintain that relationship. So God wills righteousness. He imputes righteousness upon His people. Romans 3.22 Again, another connection with Sunday school. There was a decision to go through Romans. And you're going to hear a lot of these words in the book of Romans. So I would recommend you get connected with Sunday school so we can better prepare to share our faith with others. But Romans 3.22 says, This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So that is through our spiritual growth process, starting with regeneration, our faith in Jesus Christ, God puts us in a right relationship with Him that extends to our right relationship then with other people. It is God's will that we live in righteousness. Well, how do we do that? We, we start with regeneration. Regeneration, then, is salvation. God's will for the world. We learn in John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When we are born again, we are said to be regenerated from the old worldly self to a new spiritual life. God working in us. We're going to look at more of that next week. So that brings us to the theological word justification. This is righteousness imputed. Again, Romans chapter 3 all the way through chapter 5. You might want to take some time to look at that. 
at the point of salvation, we are regenerated. Regeneration occurs when we have faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified by faith. God wills His righteousness to us. Justified. It's been simply stated as, just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd justified. Personally, I think this can be a little bit too simple because it takes away the cost, the exorbitant price that it took for us to be justified. Jesus, God in humanity, died on a cross. He bled to death. He suffocated as he hung on the cross for each one of our sins so that we could be justified. But really, it's not a bad way to remember the basics. If someone ever asks you about justification, you can say, let's see, justified, never sinned. That's the way we look when we have faith in Jesus. Keeping it simple helps us to realize that the shame and the guilt of our sin is completely wiped away as we are cleansed from all our sin. While regeneration is God working in us, justification is God working for us, Jesus hanging on the cross. Romans 3.24 At the moment of salvation, we are justified. Just as if we've never sinned. We're regenerated. We are set apart from the world. You are no longer the same as you were. We then walk in a living hope that is in Christ Jesus. We are actually made holy. Whoa. Hebrews 10.10 says, We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We are complete in Christ. Rather than being deficient, we can have a relationship with our holy God as if we never sinned, fully connected to our sinless Savior, Jesus Christ. Our living hope makes us bone of His bone, flesh of His flesh. We are partakers of the divine nature and divine guidance is available to each one of us. Wow. Remember what I said at the beginning of the message. I hope you're thinking about this. What's this mean to me? How, how has this happened in my life? Well, you also need to realize there's another word called sanctification. Sanctification is righteousness imparted. Romans chapter 6 through chapter 8. Sanctification is our continued spiritual growth in our life. 
Sanctification is the last part of our mission statement. Right? To grow together to spiritual maturity. Sanctification is the process of being made holy because there's always room to grow and we still have this body. Yes, I've got this one, you've got yours. It's broken, isn't it? It's getting older, isn't it? It still has that old sin nature in it, doesn't it? So we need to understand that there is sanctification. Life is going to throw us many curveballs. Many things are going to come at us. But because God imparts righteousness to us, we learn to function. And we learn to perceive everything through the eyes of His grace. That is doing life as a Christian. God wills righteousness upon us through sanctification. The process of sanctification can be compared to an iceberg. You know how they always say this iceberg is how many times bigger than what you actually see above the water? 90% of that iceberg is under the water and you never see it. But the sun shines on that top part and it begins to melt away that part that you see. And as that happens, the lower part becomes above the water and comes up to the light. In the same way, we are usually aware of a very small part of ourselves, our sinfulness, our brokenness, and our need. It's really only that small part that we are willing to accept and to deal with at any one time. However, in God's light, He works a way to melt that part that we're exposing. And then, the areas that we don't know about or we we refuse to accept begin to come up into God's light. And He can melt away those areas too. We all need the work of God throughout our entire life. An important key to our salvation or our sanctification is realizing our propensity to slip back into the worldly ways, to go back under the water in our old sin nature. Our flesh really desires to live a carnal life. You haven't lost your salvation, but you kind of like the way of the world. But God is holy. And He can only have fellowship with righteousness. The unrighteous must be handled and must be judged. So we need to properly understand rebound. 1 John 1.9 So that we can rebound back into fellowship with our holy God. Through righteousness, 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In other words, whenever we do that, we confess whatever sins we know we've done, we are made 
righteous, fully righteous and holy. Another important key to our sanctification is our willingness to learn God's Word. What does He say in the Bible? Bible doctrine is so important to mature as a Christian in righteousness. That's where we really learn how to live holy. A holy living. Sanctification is a way of doing good, of being good, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can try all you want, you're never going to be holy. But you can function in a holy way through the power of the Holy Spirit through you. You've heard of the fruit of the Spirit, right? You cannot work hard enough to produce that spiritual fruit in you. But Jesus will produce that fruit in you. And you can bear that fruit. You can bear love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It's all in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So this leads us to, as we continue to work, not work, but we continue to live. I said I don't want to use the word work because we can't produce it. But we continue to strive to be in fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. The work he did, which is leading us to another theological word, which is perfection. Perfection is the ultimate status for all believers in eternal righteousness for all eternity you will live as a righteous soul that's perfection and ultimate sanctification reaching true holiness consecrated and set apart for god one who is utterly pure without imperfection or evil this old sin nature that's in this Worldly body, ah, you never have to deal with it again. Philippians 3.21 says, The transformation of our bodies to be like His body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 puts it this way, Sanctified through and through. Our whole spirit, soul, and body will be blameless at the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 3.2 says this, When He appears, we shall be like Him and see Him in all righteous glory. Perfection occurs then, you might figure this out, at the moment of death. As a Christian, when you die, you become perfect. You meet Jesus, you become face-to-face with our Lord in perfection. Our soul is removed from our earthly flesh that's tainted with old sin nature. Perfection, eternal righteousness, the right relationship with God is achieved and maintained for all eternity. Man, that's heaven, isn't it? I don't know why. Well, I do because I was preparing for the message. But last night, I woke up 
And I thought, if there was just some way that I could help people understand what heaven is like, what perfection is like, wow, I, I, God, could you some, somehow show me? Maybe in my dream, and I fell back to sleep. I actually fell back to sleep. And I, I dreamt about this, and, and it was like God was saying, it's kind of like when someone encourages you and you realize you really don't deserve that encouragement because you're just not really good enough. And I was crying, and I woke up with tears on my pillow. And they were tears of joy, but they were tears of, I just can't believe heaven could be that good. That's how God is going to see us. Just as if we never sinned, we don't deserve it. But there we are. Here's biblical proof of our eternal place when we depart from this life on earth. Jesus said to the thief on the cross hanging next to him, the one who had faith in Jesus, he said, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Philippians chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, Paul said, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Jesus Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body for now. <laughs> he also said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. What's your testimony? Where have you had examples in your life of brokenness. How has our holy God used that brokenness to turn your life around and bring you to become righteous with him? Do you realize what God's doing in your life? Anybody feel moved by the Spirit to share this morning? Just raise your hand. I'll bring the mic. All right, I've got the Doug mic again. Joe, was that you? Okay. Uh, my husband, Phil, has been gone for... He died December the 4th, 19... or 2008. So, 13 years, almost. And whereas I was, I think a Christian before he died. I think that God has used my reliance on him and put it on himself. And I, I feel it more and more every day as I live. All right. And I've outlived my parents, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents. So I know he has a reason. I except the fact that I'm too stupid to figure it out, but <laughs> he's leading me anyhow. 
and I praise him every day. Amen. All right. And that's why earlier you could say, I put the leaf gutter protection on my gutters and I know it was God's will. Even the simple things of life. Yeah. Anybody else? Chris? This is going to bring some tears, but um, like a lot of people uh, during the solemn assembly, um, we were all very touched by that um, act of placing our sins on the cross. And I have to say, as you probably realized if you were there, that um, it brought me out of something that um, past, um, I don't know if you want to call them sins or were I just guilt, but um, that I'd carried around for many, many years. And it kept me from being free. And that act pretty much freed me to be who I am. I feel, didn't feel guilty anymore to be who I was. I didn't feel held back like I wasn't worthy to to be happy in Christ. And um, it's brought me to a place I have not been to for a long time. And that is accepting myself the way I am and the way he made me. And excited because he immediately brought desires into my heart to do things that I didn't feel like I could do. Um, so I just want to encourage you all, if you, if you ever feel held back by anything, just release that. Let God take that away from you because it will make you who you were meant to be. It'll bring you to that point where you won't care what other people think. Um, <laughs> that's my problem. Sometimes I don't care enough. <laughs> but um, but I just can't explain the joy. I, I, I look forward to coming to church. Yay! <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but uh, I actually get excited to come to church and um, to read. I can't wait to read my Bible again um, on a daily basis. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's All just right. a freeing feeling. Cool. An example of the sanctification where he melts away what you're willing to expose <laughs> so the rest can be exposed too and he melts that away from his light, with his light. Anybody else? Jenny. Thank you. I've carried guilt too for years because of my son Joel and his problem with alcohol and he passed away in June and that guilt is no longer there I, I just feel relief and God mm -hmm. I know he's with God because he mm -hmm. was a Christian and just to, I just always thought I haven't done enough to help him but God knew I had and he's taken that uh, guilt totally away Awesome. When Chris was talking, I was thinking about there's a psalm 
and I'll have to look it up to share with all of you, but there is a psalm that says that the guilt was also paid for on the cross. That has been wiped away. So a lot of times we think our sin has been wiped away, which it has, but also that guilt becomes a sin because we don't release it. But that also was paid for on the cross. Thanks for sharing that. And and we can't control what other people do. And I've mentioned too about the word carnal. You know, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. But you're not living the good life that God has for you. So when a carnal Christian dies, they still are face to face with Jesus. And made perfect. I mean, that's the part of his, that makes me cry. That's the part that made me cry last night on my pillow. Whoa, awesome. All right, thanks so much for sharing. That's, that's exactly right. This, that's theology in the practical sense, what God does in our lives. So let us be sanctified together, living a righteous life, a gift from God. God's will for your life. Righteousness, I'm going to review the words, our right relationship with a holy God. Regeneration is our salvation through faith alone in Christ alone. God working in us. Justification Imputed righteousness from God, just as if I'd never sinned. But at a great, great price paid by Jesus. Justified through Christ. God working for us. Sanctification. Imparted righteousness as we continue to grow closer and closer to God each and every day. Doing life as a Christian, a living hope, and perfection. Ultimate sanctification when we're face to face with the Lord. It comes through death or the return of Jesus, right? We never know which one's going to happen. I'd love to see Jesus return this afternoon. Even right now, God. (laughs) Right? Amen. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Thank you, God, for willing righteousness to us, for doing all the work because we just can't do it. We, we can't be good enough. Yet opening up righteousness to us through faith by just accepting what Jesus Christ did for us. We know this because of what you've done in our lives. And I thank you for the ones who shared this morning. In encouragement to the entire body, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.